and welcome to Brook Talks America, home of the New Right and our Tactical Tuesdays podcast with Joe Dolio, also known as the Joe Stradamus and Brook the Magnificent Show. Welcome to Joe and, of course, our mascot, Lucy, who you'll see the tippy-tap of uh, paws in the background. Just a reminder that you can sign up at each of our sites for alerts on new articles and shows. Mine is brooktalksamerica.com. Joe's is tactical-wisdom.com. And, of course, leave us a comment to say how much you love the show. Um, so today we're discussing Chapter 2 in Book 3 of Joe's Tactical Wisdom series, which is called Defensive Operations, um, the book. And the chapter is Defensive Positions. So as you know, if you've been listening, Joe's books are based on what he calls the ultimate tactical handbook, which is the Bible, and each chapter has a Bible verse in it, as well as each book having a warrior chapter. Now, again, if you've been listening, you know that we have discussed those for each book. They were very cool. And I have mentioned that I, I kind of did them out of order at different times. One was at Christmas and one was at uh, a, a couple weeks ago, because I, I just think that we're really kind of lacking sort of courageous warriors right now. But anyways, so we've discussed all this stuff in generalities before. Um, so, of course, you should check out the podcast. But for this chapter, there is a verse that literally describes what we're going to talk about. So, Joe, before we get into the chapter, I want you to read the Bible verse and to emphasize, um, you know, this this Bible verse should emphasize what should be ever more clear with Mr. Critical Race Theory, Mark Esper, coming out this week, showing just how thoroughly the military has been compromised, which is our premise that no one is coming to save you. Right. I mean, I, I was so disheartened to hear what he talked about. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but we're literally on our own, which is why we have these podcasts in the first place, because no one is coming to save you. Maybe baby Jay will come back one day. Who knows? But uh, we need to be prepared ourselves. So go ahead and Joe, uh, read the verse. All right. So the, the verse for this one is um, I will climb up to my watch power. In, uh, that. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. It's from Habakkuk. It's Habakkuk 2.1. Now, I include Habakkuk because I don't want any of you to get to heaven and Habakkuk come out and be like, hey, uh, I wrote a book. You ever heard of me? I want you to know that, that he is indeed in the Bible. So, Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so, and that's, you know, that's what we're going to be discussing. And all these Bible verses, you know, Joe is very specific and, and um, intentional on what he talks about for that very reason is because it's the, the lessons – Look, nothing is new, first of all, right? All of the all of the depravity in the world has been there for a long time. I mean, you can read the story of I think it was Tiberius or Tartarus. I don't I think it was Tiberius in the I read Killing Jesus. And it was like the stuff that he did 2000 years ago at the time of Christ was so like just what they're doing today, you know, and they didn't even have the Internet. So the atrocities of man have been around forever. Um, so, you know, nothing's new under the sun, but we need to be prepared. And that's why we read the Bible verses, because it's all instructions in that book. Well, uh, we've discussed some of the topics in this book in generality, you know, uh, as I mentioned, best to get the books, of course. And this one, this chapter as well has some graphics in it. So it's much easier if you can get the book and follow along with those graphics when we're talking about them. Um Joe, I want you to discuss the specifics of how to create your individual ground fighting position, what a grenade sump is and why we shouldn't really be concerned with it, uh, and what to do for your team position. 
Okay, so basically what we're talking about here is exactly like Brooke said. No one is coming to help you. Expect to self-rescue. We even saw that over the weekend as there was some uh, some Antifa action over the weekend. Yep. And, I, and I actually watched a guy get kicked right in front of the police. And the police did literally nothing except escort him away uh, for making someone kick him, uh, apparently. So you have to be ready to defend your own property. And, and you know what? Um to kind of digress before I go on there, um, a couple of weeks ago on my YouTube channel, I had on a guy from South Africa. And yep. he said that literally the things in this book are what they did that stopped the riots last year in KwaZulu-Natal. Um, they established wow. their own defensive perimeters, just like we talk about in this book. They set up their own checkpoints. They set up their own defensive positions around their neighborhoods. And the rioters had nowhere to go after they burned out and looted their own neighborhoods. They couldn't get into the more affluent parts uh, of, of KwaZulu-Natal, so they gave up and, and went back. The police didn't come to rescue them. They dealt with it themselves. Had so, they read your book? Uh, he, he got them afterward and he goes, this is exactly what we did. Oh, and if we had okay. had these books, it would have actually helped people be even more ready and they might have oh. stopped it even sooner. Very so cool. um, it's a pretty good interview. You can check it out on my YouTube channel. Uh, strangely enough, titled Tactical Wisdom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna include that. I meant to include that in the intro as part of the uh, the resources. So it's um, tactical wisdom YouTube. Okay, go ahead. All right. So the first one is is the individual fighting position, and that's basically a hole for you to, to for you to fight out of. If 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 you think that you're gonna just live out your life in a, in a without rule of law situation and no one's ever gonna come and try and take your stuff from you, then uh, please let me know where you live because once <laughs> someone kills you, I will come and borrow your stuff. Yeah, right. Um, so bad guys will be out there and you have to be able to defend it. And what's the best way to defend it? Get below where the average human being looks. So get below ground. Um, get so that only your head and shoulders are sticking out and we're going to build a little bit of a berm around that to protect even that. So basically, um, it's one of the things that, that Marine and, and Army infantrymen do a lot of in practice is digging a hole. Basically, you're going to dig a hole that's about armpit deep for you, right? And you make it maybe twice as uh, wide as you are. Uh, so you got a little bit of room to move around and maybe put your gear in. But it, that's all that it really is, is a hole straight down in the ground. Now, when you dig this, you want to save the topsoil so you can kind of use that to camouflage your position. But you also want to take all the dirt that's out of the hole and stack that in front of and around the hole. You want it to be about oh. 18 inches deep and packed down because then it will stop bullets. Yeah. Uh, so you want like 18 to 36 inches. But leave yourself about six inches so you can put your elbows on it or set up a tripod for your binoculars or whatever you might have. Uh, and if you have a, a long gun, it gives you a, a way to rest your arms while using it to defend yourself. Um, a hole like this can actually keep you safe if if an organized group attacks wherever you are, whether it's a campsite, your bug out location, your home, your farm, whatever it is. And you want to put a few of these around so that you've got it, uh, the ability to fight to protect your stuff. So that's the most basic skill. It really I mean, we make it sound all fancy when we say individual fighting position. It's literally just digging a hole that in the dirt. In. Yeah. Just and we've discussed before having a hey a shovel anyway. So. Yep, As you're part gonna of your need kit. Yeah. So you put that dirt all the way around, except for like maybe at the corners so that you can shoot out the corners. Um, but you put it around there to protect you from from bullets. So another thing you can do um, is is dig one around a circle. So like there's a tree in the middle. You can put one on around each side of the tree so you can, you know, use that tree for cover. 
Um, but here's the thing. A lot of guys who are in the military say, oh, you got to dig a grenade stump at the bottom in case somebody throws a hand grenade in there. We're, we're not going to be facing anyone who's going to throw hand grenades at us. Uh, not even Asian Jansen's people are probably going to throw <laughs> hand grenades at us. And if they do, you're, you're a little hole in the ground for the grenade to roll into is not going to save your life, just so you know. It's to make you feel better while you're being launched into orbit as the grenade yeah. goes off. So don't worry about it too much. Um, so that's that's the basics of that. Um, you can make them straight, make them curved, make them go around stuff. There's a lot of graphics in the in the book. Um, if I want to make a fighting position for two people, I just make it longer and, and then share one, right? Uh, make it longer and a little bit wider. Uh, and then once you've got that built, you can start improving on it and and like maybe put in a sleeping shelf or a gear shelf in the bottom. Whatever you do, um, whenever you occupy one of these holes, the rest of your time is spent improving it to make it a little bit more nice. Uh, you can put logs over the top of it to protect you uh, from the weather. Um, what I what I recommend people do is once you've dug your hole and you lay some logs across the top of it, get out that thermal tarp we talked mm, about yeah. in the first book and lay that over the top. Now a drone with, with thermal imaging can't see you. Uh, and if you've got overhead cover, a drone can't see you anyway. So um, do whatever you can to make it not easy to see. Uh, and, and able to protect you a little bit better from bad things happening to you. Yeah. Well, and again, I'm looking at the, you know, the book as we, um, as we have, and it'll show you the, the pictures of the, the um, trench, you know, the little position that you're talking about. Okay. So the, um, explain what a skirmisher's trench is and a little bit about its history, why it's not just for defense and then why, uh, you might where you might find a ladder if you had to in a without rule of law situation. All right, absolutely. So, a skirmisher's trench is is something the Marines use because it sounds way cooler. Yeah, than it does. A hasty, Tactical than a hasty fighting position. So that's what the <laughs> Army calls it. So basically, that's like if I lay down anywhere temporarily, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dig out just a little bit of the dirt and build it around me on the side I expect bad guys to come from so that it's harder to see me and it might slow down bullets coming at me. Uh, just, just, uh, it's just a real narrow, like maybe I might dig out six inches of dirt and lay down in that and build that dirt up in front of me and around me. Uh, so I'm a little bit harder to see it, a little bit harder to hit. It's just a, something you can do in like five minutes uh, when, when you know someone is coming. Um, anytime that you think someone is coming at you, don't just you know, kneel behind a tree and hope for the best. Improve whatever position you have. Get as low as you can. Find a little depression in the ground. Scrape one out maybe six inches deep, this little skirmisher's trench. Whatever you can do to make yourself a little bit safer, a little bit harder to see, and therefore a little bit harder to shoot. So just scraping that out real quick. So, yeah, and there's um, a picture of that in the book as well. I'm looking at it. So Absolutely. So when we're talking about how to find ladders and other equipment, um, this is where we start talking about how to defend in, in an urban environment, like you're in a city. Right. So after Hurricane Katrina, uh, the sheriff down there told his officers, listen, we're not going to go out and loot, but I know your families need things and no stores are open. So if somebody has already looted a store, you guys can grab whatever is left in there for your own personal use or for the department's use. And that basically goes back to a common law precept of if it's already been looted and the owner didn't come and immediately remove the rest, it's considered abandoned, right? And it becomes for community use. We're not stealing from others. Um, so let's say I need a ladder, uh, but I don't have one. But I know that the hardware downtown was completely looted and burned out, but there's still a ladder in there leaning against the wall. 
That's salvage. You can grab that and use it. And if you feel bad about it, you can take it back afterward. But you mm. can use it for the duration of the emergency. Um, it's also a great way to find first aid kits, um, defibrillator machines, any sort of supplies. Um, we're not going to break into somewhere ourselves. But if someone's already broken and looted somewhere and there's stuff still left, uh, we can certainly use that stuff. I would just document it and then maybe try to take it back and afterwards pay them for it, whatever you got to do. But in the short term, grab that stuff because somebody else is going to if you don't. Um, and we're not the ones who actually broke in. Yeah, the retards took the big screen TV in the uh, in the place where they couldn't use it because they didn't have power exactly. and left the defibrillators behind. Retards. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we want to grab those and, and, and literally every fire extinguisher you can get your hands on. Mm, because yeah. in an urban environment, uh, especially with no p- police or fire department coming, fire is one of your biggest risks. So grab every fire extinguisher you can and, and get whatever whatever you got. Uh, another way to get a ladder is uh, out, outdoor stores sell what's called a rock climbing ladder. And it's a ladder with a hook on it that you could use a stick to put up on somewhere or you can toss it up there and pull it up with a rope or whatever. But it's just a little web ladder that you can use to get out of your building or in another building if you needed to. So for example, if I'm defending my house, I'm going to pretty much seal off the first floor and, and defend from the second floor. But that does make it hard to get out if the bad guys uh, set the house on fire or come in. So I want that emergency web ladder that I can throw out the back window and climb down to get away. Um, available. So uh, outdoor stores, uh, rock climbing web ladder. They make all kinds of them and they're really solid. They hold good weight. Okay. And, um, but so this is a, what you're talking about is an urban. I mean, when you were talking about earlier about the skirmishers trench and everything, that is urban too? Like, no, that would be outside of an urban that's area. That's what I was going right? to say. Okay. Yeah. So in an urban area, I would just find a pile of rubble. I would find something, you know, um, a fence to hide behind, whatever. So urban defense is where a lot of this is going to come into. So I'm in a city, I'm trapped. I got to get out. Yeah, but in so the, the meantime, word, when, I have we, to when be we're safe. talking about urban, we mean in a city. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So in the city, fire is your biggest risk. So you yeah. need ways to fight fire. Um, if I was going to defend a house, like I said before, I would completely seal off my first floor uh, and defend from the second floor because uh, it's a lot harder for them to get at me on the second floor yeah. than it is in the first floor. Um, the, the book mentions how to secure your doors and things like that. Um, getting boards that fit in your windows in order to in order to seal them up um, and how to make it temporary so that you can um, slide them in and out and um, that way they can't just come right through your windows or doors. So figure out ways to totally secure your first floor and defend from the second floor. Um, on the second floor, one of the things you want to do, though, is put mesh over your windows, which will keep people from throwing things in. Right. So right. you can get like chicken wire or something like that that you can attach to the outside of your window. Uh, and that will keep people from throwing rocks, Molotov cocktails through the window. But you'd still be able to shoot out to defend yourself if you had to uh, or, get or drop out. things or get out or drop things on them, um, whatever you need to do to protect your property and your home. Um, and again, I know I mentioned it in the, in the first book, Fieldcraft, but I'll mention it again here. If I've got a stairwell, you have to have a stairwell, at least from the first floor, second floor. That was a silly thing to say. Um, but I would throw some furniture or barbed wire or something that blocks that stairwell so they can't just come in and walk right upstairs to get you. Um, you seriously have to take security 
as your number one priority uh, when when things totally collapse, right? This is not now stuff. We're talking about, you know, we've had rioting. There's no power. There's no police. There's no hope coming. You have to really get serious about protecting yourself if you're going to stay in an urban area. Yeah. Um, and I'll use a uh, I'll use a Bible verse to convince you of what the real thing you should do. In the Bible, it says, "Come out of her, my people. <laughs> Get out of the cities." Right. Well, the Bible also says, "Put on the full armor of the Lord." So hey, you I'm have all some like- new patches. Uh, I uh, I ordered <laughs> some patches from somewhere. Uh, they had them on clearance, and they say that Ephesians six eleven, the full armor of God. So I, I got mean, them in like five different colors. Awesome. Awesome. I just can't take it, really. I mean, that's that's like I'm waiting for the Ephesians people to show up, seriously. And I think, you know, all the things that you're talking about right now, all I can think of is like, I don't I don't remember how old Alito is, but he's what, 70 something. And Uh he's in his house and he's not urban, quote unquote, because he's not in the city, but he might as well be because these savages are all on his front door. He has a two story house. They had to leave him. And it's like, I just can't even imagine that he's not thinking about it. Like we need to send him a book, Joe, because all these people, all these people, it's like really serious. I mean, they're not, we, we talk well, about this stuff, but as if it's here's going the to other be problem is to, there was a whole line of us marshals in front of his house and Kavanaugh's house. Uh, and every single person who was outside of that house was in violation of 18 us code 15. Yeah. Uh, and no one did a thing about it. Oh, no, but there's a January 6th already to face face life for just like walking in the Capitol and taking a picture. For trespassing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, look, Agent Jansen's listening, I know, but I mean, I'm let, like, let's get it on because I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of this bullshit for real. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we talk about this stuff, but it's like at some point we talk about everything from a defensive position and I'm so sick of defensive positions. I really no, am. I, I get it. But <laughs> even if you even if you eventually go on the offensive, you're going to need defensive positions to protect your stuff. For sure. Uh, and your supply things. Yeah. So um, every single position you in your house that you might fight from, whether it's a window or a corner of the house or whatever, you should stock up, put a pile of ammunition, a pile of food, and a mm-hmm. pile of water there so that if you have to maintain watch for a while because your house is surrounded or whatever – um, that you don't have to leave that post to go and get something, right? And maybe so, a med kit too. Oh, absolutely. Just you have a medical case, kit yeah. at every one of those spots. So, yeah. so that's uh, that's vitally important stuff. Um, if you want to learn more about it, grab the book, and we go into pretty good detail about it um, on, on how to how to fight from inside your house. Um, but you really need to be watching because if you're going to stay in the cities, it's going to get really really bad. And you know. We, we talk about this stuff and everyone's waiting for some big event to happen where this occurs. But let's just look at the, the, the perfect conditions that exist in the world today. We're on the edge of a world war. Uh, we have protests in the streets. We have food shortages definitely coming over the summer. I mean, right now, chicken costs $6 a pound. I mean, it's, it's absolutely silly. Yeah. Um, and by the fall, that's going to be a lot worse because we're killing chickens at an alarming rate for allegedly the bird flu. Uh, yeah, and no food it. is getting planted. A very, very reduced amount of food is getting planted. This fall and winter is going to be very, very interesting. You need to be thinking about these things now. So go get the books. Yes. And, um, yeah, I don't believe it. 
I don't believe that with the chickens. Just like I don't believe, I mean, like airplanes are not flying into the food processing plants. I have been assured by every person I know that that is totally a coincidence. And <laughs> really, you know, if you believe that, I will sell you a bridge in Arizona. I mean, nobody on the right, right? No, no. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. Well, it's it's a couple people on the right, but I don't really put much stock in it. Yeah, they must be libertarians, just saying. Um, okay, so in the I want to talk about though in the urban if you're in an urban environment, right? So you're not in your house, you're not out out in the in the suburbs or something like that. What are some good positions in urban areas, like buildings and stuff like that? So you want anything that's two to three floors, uh, so you can see a little bit further away. If you get above the third floor, you run the risk of being trapped in the building with no way to get out. OK, but if I wanted an observation post to see a long ways, I would pick a tall building, but I wouldn't use the roof. The thing about the roof is, is that people can see you if you're on the roof uh, and someone with a drone, which is yeah. becoming a, re- a more real threat every single day, will be able to spot you. So you would use the, the top floor, but not the roof to observe from. Um, you'd be amazed at how far you can see in the city from a from, say, a, from a seventh or eighth eight story building uh you can see a long long ways so you want anywhere where you can see down a street a long way um so that you know what's coming as far away as possible the problem with an urban environment is that threats are going to appear really close to you like a block away because of just the nature of it right so you have to figure out how you can see as far as possible to know what's going on around you but then also how you're going to get out right you have to plan to get out yeah, if you're on like anything above the second fl- story, you're going to be saying, oh, well, these people are coming down the street. OK, I have to estimate how long it's going to take me to get down the stairs or get down the elevator. Yep. If it's and working. It's ti- yeah, it is exactly. time for me to get out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you're right. Thing. There's things to avoid, too. So you always see in the old war movies, somebody using the, the church tower or the water tower. Never use those for that reason, because. Let's let's just say I'm I'm a I'm the military commander who's now in charge of your area and I pull into this town and I hear there's been some some rioting and fighting in the town. The first thing I'm going to do is order some guys to to shoot the water tower and shoot the church steeple uh, because that's where any bad things are going to come at me from. Right. So avoid obvious places like that and pick your own. Yeah. I'm just thinking of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Obviously. Exactly. Saving yeah. The first thing they did was shoot that watchtower, right? Yeah. The, or the church tower because they knew he was in there. Yeah. I love that guy. Um, Barry Pepper. <laughs> I love how he was like, I'm sure he made the libs crazy when they watched that movie when he always uh, kissed his cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So explain um, what SALT stands for. All right. So salt, we use that in observation posts. And so basically observation post is just somewhere where you can see a long way, whether it's in the urban environment or, or out in the woods, you pick a hill where you can see a long way. You don't want to be on the top of the hill. You want to be just down from the top, but so that you can see a pretty long distance. An assault report is basically us reporting what we can see. So salt stands for uh, size, activity, location, and time. Simple. I saw five people walking up the street four blocks away at this time. It's just that simple so that everyone is reporting their observations the same way so that you know what to do. Okay. And what are range cards and what are they used for? 
So a range card is a tool to help you know exactly how far away things are. Anytime you set up a position, whether it's an individual fighting position or a observation post, whatever, you're going to get out a, a sheet of paper and you're going to draw everything that you can see in front of you. All of like, let's just say we're in the country. All right. So there's a barn over here. There's two trees over here and there's a creek running through it all. I'm going to draw all that out on the sheet of paper. Then I'm going to write how far away each of those things is from me so that I know exactly how far things are when I see them. Um, this way, everyone knows what I'm talking about and I know exactly how far things are. Like um, on a rifle, you're going to adjust your sights for how far away things are. This is just a way for you to know where everything is in front of you that you're seeing. So that when you get on the radio, you know that that person by that third tree is 800 yards away from you. And you could say, hey, he's 800 yards away and getting closer. Or if they appear halfway between there, well, that tree's 800 yards away and they're halfway to me. So the person is about 400 yards away from me. So that everyone knows what you're talking about and you're able to make an educated guess about where someone really is. Um, I know a lot of guys don't like rage cars, but I love them. I use them for hunting so that I know how far away the deer are or whatever. Um, but they're really a cool thing to do. And if you give everything numbers on them, Anyone who's listening over the radio won't know what you're talking about. So if I said there's a guy over by that red barn and they were listening to my radio, they would know I'm talking about them. But instead, if I say, hey, I saw movement over by target number four, mm. they won't know where I'm talking about. Yeah. And that I've seen them. So um, range cards are just an easy way to do that. I would draw on the feature, then put a number next to it. Right. And I know what it is. You know, I'm looking. So I'm looking at the, the book and it shows the picture. And it shows this graphic, and it's U.S. Army FM78 is the source. All I can think of as you're saying this, as yourself a Marine, is since the military is compromised now, the people learning this, who are they going to be using this against? You and me. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going I'm to go on to one of my favorite conspiracy theories. I shared this on another podcast earlier this week. The U.S. Marine Corps is on a very different training trajectory than the rest of the military right now. They've gotten rid of all their heavy armor. They're training to exist off the land and survive without any support from any other armed force or their own supplies. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like they're planning on the next war they're involved in. Uh, they're not going to be on the same side as the rest of the armed Holy forces. Crap. It's just a, it's just a thought. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know this, but it just seems interesting when you look at their current training program and the different things they're doing. They're either planning on that or they're planning on losing a war against the Chinese. So, well, they're also you mentioned it before a few podcasts ago about their uh, the the whole military. I don't know if it was the whole military or if it was the Marines. The whole to, military to train without the GPS. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. The that Marines. should tell you something, right? Yeah, that that for sure. But the Marines, really? The Marines have gone woke? The, the Marines? No, I think the Marines are going the other way. I think the Marines are going uh, anti-woke. If you oh. look at the number of people who were kicked out for not taking the vax, the majority by a long shot were Marines. Oh, that I can. Ha, here's the thing. There was some little bimbo, you know, reporter who went out. This was before there was talk of a mandate, right? She went specifically to the Marines and she was interviewing them and all of them were like, F no, F no. One of them was like, like they just look at her like she's the devil when she's asking them, are you going to get the jab? You're going to get the jab. And I thought, 
my first thought was, I love Marines. My second thought was, oh, my God. Now they're going to go triple down on pushing for the vaccine for the military because they hadn't Absolutely. talked about it yet at that point. So when you well, say they're they're getting. I'll tra- tell you this. Yeah. The, the Marine Corps is very fanatical about their oath. And the Marine Corps reminds you quite regularly that your oath. It's to the Constitution of the United States, not to any person, not to the government, but to the Constitution of the United States. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, apparently Mattis and uh, Kelly forgot those else. <laughs> you know, might be surprised. You might be surprised. They, well, those were personality issues. Those That wasn't about their oath. Their oath? Well, no. Their oath is to is to the contractors. That's. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, Mattis, I didn't elect Mattis and I didn't elect Kelly. I certainly didn't elect Donald Trump to get us into more wars, which is what Mattis wanted to do. But anyways, okay, so go ahead and recap the training standards for this chapter. All right. So after you go through this chapter with your with your group, you should be able to demonstrate building an individual fighting position. That means getting out of shovel and digging. The only way you can learn how to do it is to do it. Uh, Two, demonstrate constructing waterproof overhead cover. That's where I talked about taking the logs, laying logs across it, putting a tarp over it, um, preferably a thermal tarp. Um, Demonstrate making the skirmishers trench. That's that little one where you're just digging out six inches of dirt real quick and laying down, putting the dirt around you. Um, Number four, describe the considerations for urban fighting positions, that uh, getting them back in the room, away from windows, putting mesh over the windows, all that kind of stuff. List some methods for fortifying the building, like blocking off the windows, securing the doors, blocking the stairwells. Um, Explain the purpose of an observation post. Well, boy, it's called an observation post. Kind of (laughs) self-explanatory. List the elements of the SALT report. And as a reminder, that's size, activity, location, and time. And demonstrate creating a range card. If you do these things, you're well on your way to establishing and defending a, a defensive position. Okay, and was there anything you thought of after you wrote this chapter that you would have wanted to include? Uh, boy, you know, I included it in, in, in Fieldcraft, and, and I'm looking at it now um, as a more advanced thing, but I probably would have included how to build a complete set fortified position where you start tying fighting positions together and you make sort of a sort of an earthworks fort. I guess we do talk about it further on in the book, but um, we're seeing a lot of it. Uh, in the video from Ukraine, how they're making their their trenches in a W shape so that it's harder to see down them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I would have talked more about that, I think. Okay. Um, so now we're going to talk about politics because we're doing these hybrid uh, things and obviously there's so much going on. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it earlier that naturally the liberal mob is freaking out and threatening members of the Supreme Court because they no longer have codified by the illegal uh, decision of Roe to the ability to ginsunive their babies in the wombs. They are now, um, and so it's going to go back to the states. Here's one thing I don't understand: Why don't they just put out the decision now and get it over with? Because there's like this purgatory thing, well, right? It's because I, the dissent has to finish theirs. Oh, so, okay. So here's the thing about it, though. Um, we saw the most violence last week in California. Um, ironically, this decision impacts your ability to have a, an abortion in California exactly 0%. Right? It does nothing. You can still get an abortion on demand up until California. birth in California. Yeah. It, it's, it's silly. And maybe uh, after birth. 
Exactly. And, and you know what? They keep saying, too, that they're using this group name, Ruth Sent Me, or they're holding up yeah. signs that say Ruth Sent Me. The irony of that is ridiculous because Ruth Bader Ginsburg yep. herself, as recently as 2020, said Roe versus Wade was wrong and that it should be overturned on the grounds they are overturning it on. Yes. Um, so it's just a, the, the, the complete disconnect. But there's a bigger problem that I wanted to talk about and get out with everyone who's listening because they might have missed it. CNN ran a story as the fences went up around the White House. Or I mean, it went up around the Supreme Court building. Did you did you see CNN talking about this, Brooke? No. What they said was these are going up because the U.S. Marshal Service and Capitol Police are concerned about right wing violence. Oh, yes. I heard about after this. <laughs> the decision. Yeah. Why would there be any right wing violence? There wouldn't. Right. So they're telling you there's going to be violence, but they're pre-planting the seed that it's someone other than who did it. Um, You know, you can talk all you want about conspiracy theories and false flags. CNN just literally laid the seed for one and gaslighted an entire country and and no one batted an eye at it. No one challenged them on it. I didn't hear a single uh, congressperson or senator call CNN to task on it, and they should have. Yeah, well, that's a whole I mean. We're going to get into it a little bit for this Ukraine thing. That's uh, the the money that they're going to send. But like where are the Republicans on any of this? They are so feckless and eunuchs. And you have a great point there because it's like they should be calling this stuff out. But the, the media is owned by the left anyway. So the only person that really does any worthwhile thing on the television is Tucker Carlson. And he does call them out on all this. Oh, stuff. man. Tucker's show the last two nights has been pretty fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Um, where he was talking about the MAGA violence, and it was all videos of the of the left. And uh, it, oh, it is, he went nuclear yesterday. And, and Tucker really called out CNN on this particular issue. Yeah. That you know they just said it, and and everyone bought it, and it's just silly. Well, the, but here's that assumes that the whole country is really retarded and stupid, and and I think that the the media does think that they are the the left the the advisors really think that they are. And this is kind of a segue, but it's kind of in line. Although a lot of people, I think, still believe this, like the very first thing that they said, here's what's happening with regard to abortion. So the white liberal women love to kill their babies. They they love to kill black babies, too. They especially like to kill black because nothing says I love you. Like, let me let, let me help you kill your baby. The very first thing that they all did, all of them, all the white liberals said, including Jenny Ellen, right? They said, oh, women of color will be most affected by this because they're 40 percent of the population, but they have 81 percent of all the abortions or some kind of crazy number like that. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you, the black community is waking up to this because that's the one thing you did not see this weekend or over the last week. Um, You saw Antifa in the streets joining these protests. You did not see Black Lives Matter join these protests because here's why Black Lives Matter doesn't like abortion. Because it does disproportionately impact yeah. the black community. Um, they would rather not have so many abortions because it is impacting the long-term viability of the black community. And they're right. Uh, yeah. it, it, it absolutely does impact the black community disproportionately, um, but in, in a different way than what the liberals are saying, right? Right, right. They're saying that they ought to have the right to – It's the, there's a – there was an article that came out. I think it was either New York Times or CNN or, or one of the one of the super lefties. And it was like 
they might as well have said we're mad that because we, because more black babies are going to be born. Exactly right. Exactly. And that's right. really and that's what why you is. don't see the black community yeah. rallying behind this because they don't feel that same way. You'll see one or two yeah. crazed out ones who are who are, you know, you see that woman that was chills. killing the baby. Oh, yeah. that that person is a is a YouTube stunt artist who does all kinds of crazy stunts anyway. She needed um, some clothes on. So, yeah, we spent some time on that this weekend. <laughs> that, that That's a uh, – that person's well-known for those kind of stunts. Really? Um, oh, and, yeah. yeah, and it's really just for views. It, they really don't necessarily believe all the nonsense they're doing. Um, but it's, it's a non-starter, and that's why they didn't get the people they thought they were going to get over the weekend. If you remember, all week long they were talking about how bad Friday was going to be, and Friday was literally nothing. Yeah. Well, that's good, and I have to say that, that – the problem with a lot of this stuff is you have an opportunity to do a calm blitzkrieg from the right. If we had an effective calm strategy on the right, what they would be doing is saying just what I said. With regard to abortion, white liberals are mad because they can't kill more black babies. They they don't want those babies born. And if you actually said that, it would make the liberals lose their mind, but it would cause two things. It would make them lose their minds and it would also like shine that light for the black community to really show it that that's what it is. They love to kill black babies. Okay, they only like black men that are dead, that are criminals, and they love to kill black babies. And that's really what and what they're doing that's more sinister than anything is they're using black women to as human shields for their own ability to have abortions. That's what they do. They always do that. It's disgusting what Janet Yellen said something like that. So, you know, again, though, we'll have to see because. Like I said, I was I like I said on the radio show that I did earlier today, it's all there's a there's an awakening on all fronts, I think. And and there's so much, you know, it's kind of I, I call it like the continued reverberations of the sort of Trumpism, not him himself, but the whole disruption that he is still per- perpetrating, right? This with the Chappelle thing. Right. So Chappelle, I think, is a big racist. Okay, I don't really care about Chappelle, but he's right on the tranny thing. And he gets that in the hierarchy of things, the trannies are number one. Like you can't say anything about the trannies. And that was who attacked him. So I think it's very important for black people in particular to see that they're they're like the Democrats will always side with the trannies over them. Gascon let that guy go. Gascon let that guy go in L.A. Here's the side point on that, is that this man clearly, in in everyone in America's eyes, committed a felony assault, if not an attempted homicide. Yeah. Um, And they're going to charge him with a misdemeanor public order crime. You need to understand that. OK, you need to understand that, that they're not going to protect you. They don't want to protect you. They're yes. not going to protect you. And and uh, cops who listen, I'm not down in you, but you have to look at this, Brooke, from, from the cop on the streets perspective. Why would I stick my neck yeah. out now to, to, to go to someone's aid uh, and risk losing my job and being prosecuted and being the next big name all over the Internet? I'm going to do the bare minimum. And that doesn't involve me trying to get shot, trying to protect you. Um, So you have to understand that and make your own plans. Uh, What I saw on Saturday was a protest in Highland Park, California. Um, There were some anti-abortion protesters outside of Planned Parenthood. 
So Antifa showed up to counter protest and the police showed up and it was it was relatively peaceful. There was some shouting back and forth. Um, one right wing agitator. Yep, he's an agitator. I'll say it. He went over there and he was talking some smack and whatever, but he didn't do anything. He turned his back on one of the Antifa people and that person gave him a, a, a swift uh, kick right in the middle of his back. I mean, a serious um, push kick, what we call it in martial arts. I mean, it, it can be pretty dangerous. It can knock yeah. you on your face and, and, and all that stuff. But he gave him a good push kick in his back in front of about, I don't know, 25 police officers. Uh, what the police officers did in response to this assault is grab the man who had been assaulted and say, sir, hey, come with us. We want to talk with you. And they walked him away and convinced him to leave. Um, he didn't commit an assault. The other yeah. guy did. And nothing happened to the guy who did the assault. Just understand that, that the cops are not going to go out of their way to protect your rights. They know you're in the right, but they're also not going to intervene on your behalf. You need to they just... don't have anybody on their behalf. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the best advice I can give everyone is, is the don't is don't be their jitsu. My favorite martial art. Right. Um, don't go to stupid places with stupid people doing stupid things at stupid hours. It's it's really that simple. If you know there's a protest going on, don't go. Yeah. Stay away from it uh, because nothing good's going to come of it right now. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, we got to get out there and we got to oppose them. You know, it's not going to do you any good. You're going to end up in jail. Look at what happened on January 6th. Unless millions show up to oppose them, we're all going to end up sitting in jail cells. So I, I'm not trying to black pill you all, but I'm saying this. If if everyone's going to rise up, then everyone has to rise up. It yeah. can't be one and two people here and there, a couple hundred people on this day. You know, it's got to be everybody. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Last article, too. So, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. See, what I was thinking is that this was going to be the summer of love, and I thought we might make it the sumter of love. And I'll leave it at that. Wink, wink. Well, not, not. I honestly think it's going to be whether I don't know whether the catalyst will be um, abortion rights or a police shooting, uh, whether it will be a Russian or Chinese cyber attack or whether it will be widespread food shortages. You may not know this, but we're at less than one week's supply of diesel fuel to transport food and goods around. Um, uh, One of these things is going to happen, right? Something something is going to happen to, to reach a tipping point. And a decision will have to be made. So I wrote an article over at tactical-wisdom.com about principles and standing on your principles. So take a look at it. I will do. I'll look at it and maybe put it up. Okay, so Mitch McConnell says, Mitch the Turtle says, the most important thing right now is the war in Ukraine. And they're going to send $40 billion more there. That's on top of the $10 billion or whatever it was that they had to pass the $1.5 trillion omnibus bill. So that they could send that money to Ukraine. I think it was 14 mil- billion. So this is while gas is at its highest ever. Inflation is still run- running rampant and American women can't find baby formula. I have to wonder, though, I bet Pete Boot G- Butt Gig can find it. Right. And right. I also have to wonder with like, did did have children uh, have women never been able to feed their children before a formula? Hello. But right. uh, here's the thing. I find this, uh, I'm sure that you probably thought the same thing. Isn't it interesting that in the same week, the SCOTUS leak came out about Roe? We don't have formula. Well, there is that. But something else happened on the day of the SCOTUS leak. The Russians captured a three-star Canadian general. Canadian? 
Yeah, in yeah. Mariupol on the same day. Now, the Canadians have come out scrambling, saying, oh, no, 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 that guy retired last month, and he's under investigation for something that happened in 1994, and blah, blah, blah. But Here's the deal. A three-star general of, of, of General Cadu's, uh, Cadrier, whatever his name is, of his caliber, you don't just let him travel the world, right? Um, a general never really retires, and they have to get clearance before they leave the country to go certain places. I can guarantee you that no one in Her Majesty's government gave him permission to go to Ukraine unless he was there officially. Right. Uh, he was found in the Azovstal facility. Uh, where uh, people have been trapped there for over a month. So that automatically disproves Canada's story that he retired at the end of April because he would have already been trapped in Mariupol. Nobody went into Mariupol after, say, the beginning of April. It was sealed off by the Russians. So there's something highly sketchy about this, and uh, Canada's doing everything they can to discredit this guy. Uh, so What do you think it means, then? Point. Uh, I think it means that that NATO is a lot more involved in the fighting uh, than what they're telling you. Now, Mm -hmm. this guy may officially be carried as a retired general, but I'm pretty sure that an intelligence agency or or something like that sent him there to assist the Ukrainians in the defense of Mariupol. Right. Um, Also, Russia claimed last month that they captured an American general there. And we still have not seen that American general in public. When uh, when the U.S. was challenging, I said, oh, no, 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 he's in he's in Europe. And then when we said, OK, can we get him out on a stage? They're like, well, he's in Turkey now on a mission and he can't just jump out and get on a camera. So we still haven't seen that general either. Yeah, well, they have they've had special forces in in uh, over there in Ukraine, from what I understand, since before the invasion. They were well, already trained. We have Malcolm Nance over there. The problem should oh, sort please. of work itself ah, out. She, oh, he's probably going to oh, solve it. Oh, Nancy. Oh, Nancy. I can't. He's such a hero. Nancy. Stand by. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so back to McConnell. I mean, with with here's the thing, though. So I hate Mitch McConnell. I think that he stole his election, just like I think Lindsey Graham stole his election, I have to say. But whatever. Even if we win, the, even if the Republicans win, if you have people like Mitch McConnell and McCarthy, what does it mean that we win? Really? Well, if we one, have I the think CD- it's cute that you still think that we're ever going to win an election. We might pick up a seat or two here, but never enough to change anything. So we have to get that. We have to come to that realization and admit it. Whole school um, boards are being eliminated in Virginia. They just had a big election in Texas. That's a school board. That doesn't really impact daily life. Yeah. It doesn't impact. What if everyone. we have some MAGA senators and stuff get in there? You don't think it's going to matter? No, I don't. I- I'm sorry. I mean, you might. Good for you. I hope hope it works out. No, um, I don't. I'm just hope. You know, I-, I think that I think that. Here's the thing. Everyone goes, well, if they try it this time, they'll get caught. They got caught last time. They don't care. Today. Yeah. Today, we found thousands of ballots on a sidewalk. I saw that. And yeah. No one cares. They're just going to continue to do what they do. Because the average American, and, and, and I hate to be black pill today, but I am. No, the do it. The average American would rather sit on a couch and watch Netflix. Yeah. You wrote a great article about that, too, for sure. And you know what? It, every day proves it to be the case. So, okay. So, on that note, then, like, we're just going to, like, is it over? Are we just 
done. Like um, we're just. This is this is what I'll say, and, and it's all that I'll say uh, in a public forum. Yeah. My books talk about preparing to protect yourself, your family, and your neighborhood. Work on that. Yeah. If anything else can happen, you got to work on this first. Get, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, if you decide, listen, me and my family and my neighborhood, we're just going to not, we're just not going to interact with them, and maybe they won't interact with us. But if they do, it's not going to go very well for them. Uh, I think that that's probably your best route right now. Until more people decide they've had enough, yeah. any action by anybody right now is just going to land you uh, locked up like the J6 people uh, with no bail, solitary confinement, and being abused by the system. You live yeah. in a police state. Acknowledge it. Yeah, I wasn't saying like like that part of it. I'm just asking you just as like citizen to citizen. You think that we're like – is the – you know, whether the – whether you it think was- – Frederick Douglass, who said there are four boxes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. So let me. So, what do you think of the Esper interview? I know that uh, we texted a little bit about it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen snippets of it. Number one, literally everyone who worked for uh, Donald Trump is just going to get paid. They're going to take the the New York Times' money to write books, right? Yeah. Um, and they're going to just put out whatever they want because who's going to challenge them? No one. Yeah. No one is going to challenge them. Even if Donald Trump came out challenging them, the Which left would has, just say that only proves that it's true. So right. why wouldn't I just come out and make up the most outlandish garbage? But I'll be honest and tell you that the whole thing where he said that Donald Trump considered uh, uh, drone attacks on on drug cartel members it didn't work out the way he thought it did because most Americans would support that 100 percent. Yeah. And because I'm sorry, drone but striking a, a cartel dealer impacts my life more than than uh, than drone striking Abdul in Waziristan, Pakistan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I mean, seriously, it didn't go the way he thought it was what it would. But or for that matter, just saying in Ukraine. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Here's the problem with all these guys coming out with their tell alls. They're admitting to undermining the president of the United States, which is sedition. Yeah. Uh, at the time, he was the commander in chief. If he said do something, you did it. And they admit that they lied about troop numbers in in Syria and lied about ongoing operations, so that they would continue. That that's illegal. You just can't do that. He's he's the boss. He gets to know. And um, and shame on him for not doing something about it. And uh, he just wanted to be liked by everybody so bad that he let everyone walk all over him. And uh, that, Ooh, that, that's a problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, well, OK, yes, that's part of it. But also, I think I, I've said this many times before. If you're going to go in there into that that situation, you better have a flanking army. He didn't have anybody. And the people that he had to help him with the transition were like Chris Christie, that bat slob. You know, well, and the fact that he didn't fire General Milley when General Milley said it was a mistake to walk across the street with him. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that, that's on him. That's not on anybody else. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Listen, he had plenty of uh, staffing for sure. He shouldn't to this day. He should never play uh, golf with Lindsey Graham just on principle, just on principle. But yeah. anyways, so the problem with this Esper thing is, first of all, let's just remind everybody that he's Mr. CRT. He's the one that instituted CRT in the military. Right. So okay. that's a problem. But 
this is really scary to think of these people because he's just one of so many. You know, I talked earlier about Ke- Kelly and Mattis who were like right there with him all the time. You know, Kelly was his well, chief of staff, totally subverting him at every moment. I'll tell you this. Um, the last four years should have ended the debate on whether or not there is a deep state. Of course. Um, all of these guys were deep state operatives. They proved the fact that the deep state because the president gave orders and the deep state said, nah, we're not doing that. And it proved once and for all that the president of the United States doesn't have the authority that you think he does. Yeah. That should scare everyone. No, no. Obama did. But but that's but that's but that's the entire point. If one guy does, the next guy doesn't. That's a problem. That's not the Constitution. Well, uh, and that should have everyone on both sides, because eventually someone you don't like on the Democrat side will get in office. Uh, his name might even be Joe. Um, you know, well, Obama with, did because Obama is riding. Um, yeah, but the reason why that they that they have like that Obama did was because he he's of the system. Trump was yeah, not. of I, the If system. you think Barack Obama is a real person like. He's a composite of everything, right? He's not – I don't even know – I mean, I mean, yes, Antarian. he's a real person. Let me rephrase. He's a real person, but who Barack Obama was in office is not who Barack Obama is. He is – he was really a figurehead for everything that the deep state wanted to do. They told him what to do, and he, he came out and said the lines and made it sound good, man. It sounded, sounded great, uh, and, and people rolled with it, and – He's in charge now because they know they can tell him what to do. And by they, I mean the people who tell the president of the United States what to do. You might think they don't exist, but they do. Oh, I know they do. Yeah. Oh, so it really is America Inc. at this point. There was, there was and, a guy and, who made and, a video about that. It was great. Yeah, and he is he is literally a Manchurian candidate. He's not he's not in charge. Somebody is pulling the strings. Um and what's sad is, is he's clearly the president now and everyone kind of yeah. winks and nods and chuckles about it. But um, what they're doing to, to, to poor Joe Biden, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't like the guy, but what they're doing to him is just disgraceful. The man obviously is sick. The man obviously needs help. Mm. And they continue to force him out in front of crowds to make an absolute utter fool of himself and an utter fool of the United States of America. I don't have any sympathy for him. Not a shred. Definitely for the country, though. Okay, so I want to talk about the last thing, um, unless you have something else, is the World Economic Forum at the end of this month, who working with the it's it's actually a the with the World Health Organization, both of them together. Um, and of course, I use the word health in air quotes because it's a joke. They will basically be handing U.S. sovereignty over to the who. Uh, I heard about this on the War Room. I haven't heard about it on Fox yet. I imagine the only person that will probably talk about that is Tucker. And I, as I said, I do think he is involved with um, and collaborating with Bannon. James Roguski, who's the author, who is an author and activist, he was talking about new amendments proposed to the World Health Organization, which would take away this U.S. sovereignty to control our health care. This is similar to the proposed treaty schedule to be formed and implemented by 2024, except that this would be voted on during the International WHO meeting in May 22 and will take effect in November 22. So basically, this is like a global Fauci if this situation goes into effect. 
here's the thing about treaties. Um, they're they're claiming that amending a treaty means you don't have to get it ratified. That is completely and totally false. It's not true. Uh, at least in the United States, um, we made a treaty and there were certain elements to it, and that's what we agreed to. I can't make a a contract with the car dealership, and then once I get the car. Be like, okay, but I know I was going to pay you $375 a month, <laughs> but I'm going to pay you $125 instead, and I just amended it, so you have to be good with it. That's not how it works. Um, in the U.S., treaties have to be ratified by Congress. Um, and I know that they try, they pulled an end around with the, with the Iran deal, and they're going to do it again, um, but it was illegal to do so. And, and they even knew that it was illegal to do so. Um, the thing is, is that at some point, uh, as we talked about earlier, until we the people literally say enough, it's going to keep on going. But right now, we're not at a critical mass. Right now, everyone would rather sit at home and watch Netflix and go, oh, well, that sucks, but they're going to make me stay home. I might as well get another season in. I, I mean, until people decide that they're going to actually get out and get active like the left does. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. And our people won't. We just won't do it. It's the nature of things. I was talking about it earlier. Our it's nature. Not who we are. No, it's not. And you know what? That's the problem. We need to change our nature. Well, and here's the thing. This this whole protesting at the at the judge's house, this is born out of what happened in 2020. And I mean, uh, yeah, in 2020. And 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 I am going to and I, and I know you're probably not going to you're not going to agree with me on this, but I'm going to blame Donald Trump. We allowed the riots to go on for months and months oh, and yeah. months. And what should have happened is we should have said enough, called in federal troops, put an end to it. Yep, it would have been ugly. Yep, it would have made him unpopular. But guess what? He was already unpopular and he was never going to win them over. Yeah. What we taught them was that extreme violence gets them change. Extreme violence gets them what they want. So it's only going to continue. We saw firebombing on Friday of a... Uh, of an anti-abortion clinic. It's not really even anti-abortion clinic. It was a a counseling center uh, to give women other options than abortion. And so a group has claimed responsibility for it. They have said that uh, unless in 30 days we close any pregnancy counseling center that doesn't offer abortions, they're going to continue bombing places. This is born out of our mistakes of 2020. We should have dealt with this and put an end to the idea that extreme violence will get you what you want. That's called terrorism, and we did nothing about it. I totally agree with that. But I want to ask you, though, didn't he try to get that done? Like, does he get to say just by himself, or doesn't yes. he have to say? He's the only one who can. The but Insurrection who, who, Act. President yeah, but who of the implements States. it? Is Doesn't that the matter. military? He's the president of the United States. If he gives an order, they have to do it. He gave lots of orders, and they didn't do it. This guy just wrote a book about it. Whose fault is it that he didn't put his foot down and make it happen? I know you love the guy, but. No, 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 Joe. No, 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 no. Trust me. No, no, no. I criticized the shit out of him today on the, on the phone with a friend of mine who's a super Trumper. Trust me. I'm not, I I do love him, but I criticize him all the time about if there's something. The the insurrection act says it is his sole responsibility, his sole responsibility to determine when an insurrection has occurred. Insurrections occurred all over the country, and it wasn't on January 6th. Right. So So what would he have had to do? Like, he says, I'm going to invoke the Insurrection Act, and then what? Literally write a letter and then issue orders to troops to move. 
go end this insurrection. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, well, I totally agree with that. Don't trust me. Uh, Federalize the National Guard and send them in. But would they have gone? Would the military have listened to his order? If they hadn't, it would have forced the hand and that would have been illegal, right? Yeah. That that right there would have made them all in violation of of the Sedition Act, the Insurrection Act, and treason. If the president gives you an order to, to put down an insurrection, you say no, you're in civil war territory. Yeah. Do you know why he didn't do it? Did like who talked him out of it? Because I know he had talked no, about I, it. He didn't do it for popularity. He he didn't want to be seen as that guy. Well, yeah, you can't let them keep doing it. You, you can't. You, yeah, no, no. Somebody has to make that tough decision sometimes. And you know what? Um, if if you want to be the president, you got to make the make the fun decisions and the bad ones. You got to take them. Well, and not just that, if you want to be a Republican president and then if you want to be a Republican president named Donald Trump, you know that every decision is going to get you heat. You might as well do it. So no, I totally agree with that. That was that was a problem. And we're going to pay for that for a very long time. You know, my only prayer and hope and, you know, I put that hope in air quotes. I've always said this in my last article. You know, uh, I have a bunch of articles in the works, but I have a little bit of uh, chaos time. So I'll be getting around is can black Christian men, you know, Christian conservative men save America. I really believe that the coalition has to be multiracial, multi-ethnic. That is how we can form that group that we talk about. Absolutely. It has to be. People, look, and I'm just going to say this, okay? The Democrats have 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 preached for black people to hate the country because of the obvious history of this country, and a lot of them do, okay? A lot of them have. A lot of them are irredeemably, they hate this country, okay? But there are other people that don't hate the country, and they're going to have to stand up and defend it, too. They're going to have to become citizens and defend the country just like we want to defend it. And we join together, all of us, as patriots and defend the country. Is there anything else, uh, any other topics that we should talk about, like anything new in Ukraine that we need to know about or anything like that? Um, not, 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 uh, nothing that dramatic yet in Ukraine. They're kind of in a holding pattern. So that will probably pick up over the weekend. Um, I don't know what Russia's up to, but I think they're probably going to be making a landing at Odessa fairly soon. They launched a pretty big rocket attack at Odessa today. So uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, But these these revelations about us assisting and targeting, and I know the U.S. is trying to back away from them now, but it's too late, um, are what's going to drag us into the war. Vladimir Putin himself said over the weekend that that war is inevitable. Uh, and uh, a couple of U.S. representatives over the weekend said we are at war with Russia. Who said so, that? Uh, there's a couple of I, I don't know. There were two of them. They were both on TV when they said it. So the video is out there. Were they Republicans? No. Oh, okay. No, because they no, wanted to. We 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 were too busy trying to say whatever. We were too busy trying to spend more money in Ukraine. We weren't oh. out there making uh, the the appearances like the Democrats were. Uh, Democrats literally want war with Russia, and they're going to make it happen one way or the other. And as uh, as citizens, we have to figure out how we can best weather that. Right? Get ready. Get prepared. Yeah, Tucker Tucker said laid out in excellent detail. I think it was the end of last week how this is totally. F- uh, the culmination of the Russia hoax. This is the final stage of the Russia hoax. They're willing to have nuclear war with Russia because Trump won the election in 2016 and they weren't able to finalize their plan. So um, 
Any parting thoughts as we wrap up? No, no, I think that's it. All righty. So thanks again for another great Tactical Tuesdays podcast. Again, I want to thank um, you all for listening. Please share not only with your friends, but on social media to be a force multiplier. Again, as always, take care of your uh, elderly folks. We're really working to provide this information, which could potentially save lives. You can catch all of our podcasts on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. They're also on iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and Google, and a whole bunch of others. It's... um, great that we have those platforms for free to uh, go after the left. Joe's website, Perfect. tactical-wisdom.com, not only has his books available, as, but as he mentioned, his great articles and his new patches. No, no, these ones aren't mine. I mean, I, I bought them for me. I don't, I don't oh, have any new okay. ones up there. Okay. I just have my old ones up there. Okay, well, that those are great patches. And let me tell you, they're not only cool and the story behind them, we've talked about that in the podcast, so you had to go find that one. They're very good quality and very sturdy, very nice patches. I have one. So be sure to check those out. Um, hopefully, I'll be back on Twitter one day. I keep checking. But until then, I am on Facebook and Getter. Joe is on both uh, or all three. Are you on Facebook, actually? I am. I am. I don't don't really do much on there, but I am on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, as with all of this stuff, hopefully we'll never need it in real time, but better to need and have and not need than need and not have. So let's get prepared and see you next week on Brooke Talks America Tactical Tuesdays. Oh,